Greetings, heathens and heretics, and uh, welcome to an hour of, of making you feel old, if you're of the same kind of vintage as we are. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we're back to the full squad this week. Holy Man's back from a world tour of the Far East, um, back in his Arabian palace. And uh, happy to be back, Holy Man, in the Holy Land. Uh, I went, I went, I went to the jungle. Now I'm back in the desert. Yeah, I was, I was, I was in Hanoi, like cold up in my uh, wife's apartment. Just going, I'm in here getting weaker. Charlie's out there in the jungle getting stronger. You know. Um, well, while, while, now. while you're over there in tepid temperatures, we're freezing our fucking tits off. So, it's, um... did you, uh, did, did you like step outside in the morning and say, "Good morning, Vietnam"? <laughs> to my alarm, mate. No, I have. I've actually got it on my alarm because one one of the things that one of the things I don't like about iPhones um, is that you can't just put an MP3 as your alarm because it's all fucking iTunes and shit, right? But you've yeah. got an Android phone for anything as your ringtone. I mean, do you remember back if we're talking about things feeling old and things turning thirty? Do you remember back in the day when you'd be like trying to write those fucking ringtones on the Nokia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd be like. And I remember, I remember, I had like the, the intro solo to one by Metallica. It took me like half an hour to put the damn thing in, and then get it. Well, that's, it's not that good. <laughs> I, I gave up on all that shit and just paid the seventy nine p for a downloadable version of it. It was, you yeah. know, you know, it used to come yeah. by text message, I think, didn't it? Quite yeah, yeah. I, th I think as soon as smartphones came in, I downloaded something off some sort of file share. I, I, I downloaded the Street Hawk theme. Oh my god. MP3. Well, it's Tangerine Dream, so you know it's, it's yeah, critical. Yeah, but, but, yeah, uh, yeah that, that was that was my ringtone for years. So well, my, uh, my, my my ringtone on my on my Android is uh, um, Redneck by Lamb of God, and uh, I left I left the phone in the staff room the, uh, the other week, and someone must have been um, ringing me up about um, like you know cold calling me, and I got down and the other teachers like the, these are the uh, Arabian teachers they're like. Anthony, your phone keeps making very aggressive noises. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all this, all this talk of, um, of of ringtones and days gone by and things like that, it's quite relevant, I suppose, because um, it kind of dawned on us recently that, that uh, uh, last year we we did three episodes dedicated to the 90s and we kind of came to the conclusion that there's certain years that were, were key to our what should we call it growing up our fucking developmental years as metal fans all this kind of thing so 1994 was was one of the main years so as it's 2024 tonight we're gonna we're going through our each of our top 10 of albums that are turning 30 this year so our top 10 of 1994 and they're all turning fucking 30 which makes us all feel really fucking old it's just and especially there was a when I was sort of going over my list, and I'm sure you two were the same. You look at these, you think, "Fuck, I never even thought this was 30 years old." It kind of just hits home that we're old, we're grey, we're feeling the cold. The voice of reason spends a day wrapped in a duvet doing his work at home. It's just <laughs> this. This is what it's become. So, fuck it. We, and I'm out here we're celebrating. I might be old, but I'm out there on the cutting edge, living like living a life you could only dream of. Oh, fuck. On a compound with barbed wire, having That's... to go through a metal detector. To we've, get a to, we've been trying to get you put in a compound surrounded by barbed wire for many, many years. Yeah, well, I can have a bacon sandwich on Sunday morning. Ah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I've got a glass of wine, so fuck you, yeah. Prince of Arabia. Eat your Western poisons, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, should we uh, should we kick off with this, and uh, we'll go we'll go kind of through it all. We'll go sort of ten to one as 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 we would normally do, cliches and all. Well, I mean, I I I will say this, like you know, when we're talking about age and stuff, yeah, you know, you may you might flaunt your wine in front of me, but uh, I've uh, I am as as of. January the 11th, I am five months sober. And that's not like, oh, I can't drink out here. That's five months sober. I've actually given up drinking. So that's good news. Yeah, look, yeah. fair play. And and if I wish I could do it, but I I just, I will always enjoy that vice. So I'll, I'll never be able to let it go. Yeah. I, went, I went, I think, nine days after Christmas. That was it. That's an achievement. I don't, I don't really miss it, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's a vice that I've uh, enjoyed far too much of in the past uh, and that's and the time is inappropriately so I yeah and, and it's and it's it's um it's got you a broken jaw isn't it so uh um, yeah one one day yeah. we'll get a chance to talk about that it was it was it was time to uh stop i don't know fair. No, no, fair play to you five months i mean i think if i was in your situation and i was forced into it it would obviously be different but um it's uh yeah fair play to you i wouldn't be able to do it well it, well, it sure. helps but for for me that the, the test was i went to hanoi and i was around people that i hadn't seen in in a long time like there was people at the tech uh, on the sunday i went out for dinner and everything and i ha i was with people that i hadn't seen since 2015 i uh, like good friends and um you know they were all we, they were like ah, let's go to a wine bar and i went and i just sat there drinking soda water and um yeah, it was fine. I didn't really... It was quite fun. It was the first time in a long time I've sat at a table and watched other people get drunk, including <laughs> my wife, and just been, like, completely stone-cold sober. And just, I just thought it was hysterical. It was quite funny. Um, yeah. And it's... Well, uh, your uh, your long-suffering wife has to drink when you're around, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's necessary. But um, but anyway, let's... let's, let's should, we, should we crack on with this? Uh, Go on, Padre. As as this is your first time back since fuck me, you haven't been on this podcast for ages, it seems. So you can go first. Um, start with with the number ten. Where are we going? Okay, so I, I didn't actually when I was going through these albums, I didn't actually know that this album was released in in, in 1994. But I, I I went and listened to it, and I thought I've got to put it on. And this is more kind of like a almost a retroactive retrospective story. Uh, take viewpoint because like it's 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 probably on here not because it's it's better than other albums but it's like it's what they it's what they would go on and become especially in that in the 90s so number 10 Luna Australia in, in, in flames yeah fair play it's, it's not it's, it was surprisingly it's not in my list actually but it's um very good yeah good you, right. it's, yeah it's it's, in, it's impact isn't it what what they yeah like you're right what they would have gone to become and how it all went wrong but like, if you just look at the '90s in general, and in Flames, their their output was prodigious. I mean, they were they were yeah. churning out good massive. albums every every two years. Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah. yeah, and it had to start. It had to start somewhere, and that that would be um, that would be Lunar Strain. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a fair shout. It's a fair shout. You know, it's it's not it's not an In Flames album that that gets a great deal of you know sort of praise because it's. It's just the race onwards, isn't it? But Luna Strain is where it all started. So it's people, yeah, because obviously you know the singer, you know, was different. So yeah, yeah uh, it's still like Michael Stanback. It, it was still formative at the time. So yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like a 
Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of albums like that out there where the first album is almost like a demo kind of thing. People consider it, but it's yeah, it, sound, it sounds rough around the edges, doesn't it? But you can you can hear the roots of of what became sort of you know Swedish Swedish death metal as it was, and yeah, yeah. So that's that's a fair shout. Um, Voice of Reason, it's number ten. Yeah, I mean, I should say in advance, my um, I mean, my list is a bit. A bit mainstream, I expect, because this is really the stuff that sort of impacted me over time. And I think nothing has really nestled in ever since, kind of thing, despite despite it being a great year. But fuck it. If it, if it means we cover, cover all the good stuff, then so be it. Um, my number 10, uh, again, it's going to get a lot of praise. Uh, and that's Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. I was wondering when the uh, when the first Pantera one were coming. Um... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's I mean, it's not my favorite Pantera album, um, but you know, listening listening to it again recently, and yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot going on. I mean, that side A, it's interesting. That side A sort of barrels along at a good solid pace. It's very accessible and you know catchy and groovy and anthemic. And then that side B twists and turns. It goes in all sorts of directions, doesn't it? But it's just yeah, it hits like a fucking juggernaut. I, from all, for all the Pantera albums, though, it's the one that I think the production was just right. It got you can, yeah. you can really hear Dimebag's riffs coming through. You can hear the scrape on the strings, and yeah. it's just everything's just crisp. It was Terry Date, wasn't it? I think produced Far Beyond Driven. I believe so. I think so. That kind of makes sense. All his production was always very sort of hard edge, but that's just probably my favorite Pantera album. So if it's not yours, which is just out of interest, vulgar display. Right. It's give me one or the other in it. Yeah. yeah. Who was that? Fuck off. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so, Sorry, so I, I'm, I'm I'm starting I'm starting the list off non-metal, um, which is surprising. But um, my list is comp- is 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 comprised of like what I think are the great the greatest albums that for me from 1994. But also there is an element of nostalgia as well. Yeah. It's not just about you know for our age. It's not just about great albums it's like memories and all that kind of stuff so number 10 for me is terrorvision how to make friends and influence people nice nice yeah um it's just such a fucking it's a pop album essentially isn't it but it's just upbeat it's so hooky and late 90s and into the early 2000s they were at every fucking festival we went to <laughs> they weren't they every single fucking one and and even <laughs> Even even later even later on, a lot later on, was it 20, 2016, 2017, we went to Rambling Man? Oh fucking hell, we did play that, didn't we? I they forgot. did that, didn't yeah. they? And I, I remember because... that. It was like middle of the afternoon, sunshine, and you got a beer and you got fucking television, and it was just yeah. great. Yeah. I think so. I, I I forgot about that because I also did a did like a late night slot at Sonisphere uh, about 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was. Um and of course, you know, first time in many years. Here comes Tony Wright on stage. Goes, oh, we're television, and we're from Bradford. Yeah, something's never Every time, <laughs> never fucking change. And in it, yeah. you know, when a lot of a lot of heavy music is is yeah, a bit miserable and a bit gloomy and all that kind of thing, television were like the the perfect antidote to all of that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, the thing is, I mean, that's it's a top twenty for me, um, but it's definitely definitely in that list. Um, but when you consider, you know, a lot of the the British hard rock stuff that came before it that we talked about in the past yeah yeah um, and when you consider the brick rock stuff going on there, you know it was all quite varied there was a lot of you know different approaches to, to to rock music by british bands and for me television their 
they're, they're like a sort of they were like an updated glam rock band weren't they really mm. um i think with the kind of how they approached anthems and grooves and chugging riffs and whatnot and you know almost almost like a sort of 90s slade <laughs> i'm yeah. not sure if that's an insult or a compliment uh, it's a compliment <laughs> support in 2000 when we saw them in Cardiff? No, that was the Vandals. But then what? I know the Vandals did, but weren't there two support acts? No, it, it, it was just the Vandals. From from what from my loose memory of that, because that's a long time ago, it was the Vandals. Yeah, I mean, they, we, they were... we we saw Terrorvision a lot back in the day because they, yeah, they, they were they were at every festival where it was Reading, Big Day Out. Yeah. You know the early down, whatever they were. Yeah, they were always like, there. You know, like someone would say to you, "Have you ever seen Terror Vision before?" And you'd be like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> like they—they're they, like the—they're like the third man, the the, the grey man of festivals. They just like I mean, I, I can only name one song where they were tequila, that tequila song. But I—I I, I think I must have seen them God knows how many times. Yeah, yeah like, almost by default. That's it. You don't have yeah. to remember them to say I've seen them. Just, just say I've seen. Put it this way: if you if you're a teenager in the nineties, you saw television. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, so they don't, they, they're, for me, they're like you know, definitely what I would refer to as a uh, they're they're a toilet break band. That's the <laughs> band. <laughs> this, you know, like you're 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 ready. You're, you're waiting at you're waiting at the main stage for the the next one you want to see. And television come on. So, oh, it's television. I've seen these before. I don't know when because they're so. Insipid, I'll take a pick. <laughs> That's harsh. Yeah. Man. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not having that. I'm not. No, having they, that. they released, like I say, that and regular urban survivors, both cracking albums. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. And what I think what's, what's hard is I, I never knew the origin of their name until I think I was watching some like eighties horror VHS. I think I found sort of a, a few years later, and apparently it's it's a really really cult. 80s horror about an alien that actually gets transmitted into someone's living room. Well, uh, there you go. That just there's a metal dude in as well. So yeah, that just makes them even cooler. I didn't know that to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I've still I've not managed to see it. It's not available on like Blu-ray or DVD. So I, I, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. So yeah, it's, it's bad. I'll get around to it. To me. But look, all of that that we've just said is exactly the reason why it's in my top ten because yeah, you know, it's just all those memories. Even him and his fucking grumpy views on it. So. You know, I'm not grumpy. I just, I'm not. I'm not slagging them off. I'm just saying they're like. They're, Call them in shipping, you can. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. If something's if something's insipid, it's still edible. It's still <laughs> yeah, sustaining. Right. It's right. just not a meal. All right. All right. Move on then. Give us another one. Uh, therapy trouble girl. All right. Okay. Should we come back to that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's. I, I thought... It's going to appear again, isn't it? We'll 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 come back to that one before we go into any details. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. just just I mean, I've got I've got Pantera up at number seven, probably on Rivers. So that was yeah, I, 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 you know, spoiler alert, I haven't got it in there at all. So you know, okay, yeah. yeah. We'll tell, tell you what. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if you say if you raise your hand, if it's going to come on your list, and we'll diminish it. Yeah, we'll we'll do something like that. So go on then. What's your what's your number nine? My number nine. Uh, it's again, it's a it's a metal classic, and we we can all agree this is a classic. Burn my eyes, Machine Head. 
Yeah, it is. It isn't on my list, to be fair, but it deserves to be. It deserves the respect that it that it gets. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, we look. We, my we, we 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 give Machine had a lot of digs on this podcast, but you can't deny a the impact that album had, and and b it is a fucking great album. I know, and that's why they get digs because then then they went on and did all the other stuff, and you're just like. What, what is this? You know. It's yeah, like... but you know, I, I, I think you. I think if when you've got a debut that strong, you can dine out on it for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I wasn't into this at the time. You know, I, I listened to it a few years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah I could, but yeah, I, I try to try to think what it must have been like to have been into metal. You know, various kinds of metal, extreme metal, and being a bit miffed at where where things were in the mainstream and hearing that for the first time, you know, with an open mind, absolutely crushing sledgehammer, yeah. big groove, like, you know, a bigger groove than Pantera maybe at times. And, you know, angry, fucking yeah. angry, proper post-Rodney King kind of anger. It's, yeah. Those, yeah, it's, those, it's shows, those shows they would have played in the early days in basements and fucking backyards and stuff like that, that they're, they're quite sort of famous for, they must have been absolutely mental yeah you know so absolutely. yeah yeah it, it, des- it deserves it deserves it to be fair but machine were never going to be on my list just on principle <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there you go. They, they've had the shout there you go yeah no they, they they do belong there but with all the amount i slagged them off it would probably be hypocritical to put them on any kind of list so. i've got a separate list for machine yeah i bet you fucking have <laughs> and, and, and certain other people you know um, that list will be discussed at some point in the next year. All right, all right. I, I will. Um, I'll, I'll await that with bated breath. Audrey's list. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my number nine. Um, a band that I, I, I didn't. I was. I wasn't into in the nineties because I wasn't into death metal. But I remember seeing a video of of single that was dropped from this album in the early two thousands, which kind of got me interested in them. Um, Obituary, world demise. So. The video was rotating on MTV a hell of a lot in, you know, when we had back in the days of MTV two and you had like metal anthems and, and all that kind of shit. Um, you know, the video for don't care maybe got me interested in obituary. And as I've become more of a fan of obituary over the years and last year, they released one of the albums of the year. Um, this one is, is a classic. This is when they just went proper fucking sludgy and dirty and, evil and yeah they were still a death metal band but it all just got slower and groovier and other other than other than dying of everything this year this will be their best album for me and, and this is why it's in it's in here so yeah great album sorry take a swig of my mind and you know what i'll go straight into number eight because this one what i think will catch you out um this does take me back to the 90s actually it takes me back to college days so we're we talking 97 around about that um a band i discovered through someone else who was on my college course before i think it was before i met padre actually so it is a real long time ago um yeah um sensor stacked up oh yeah yeah remember them Uh, i've always had a soft spot for this album yeah Yeah. no um yeah, Age of Panic, absolute banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on this album. Yeah, which it was a bit of a breakthrough for them. And I think if they were American, yeah, they they would have been. They probably would have been huge. I mean, 
it, the every, all the lyrics and everything are, are very British. It sounds very British and gritty. So if they were American, they probably would have sounded different. But it's um when you listen to it now, it's, it does sound dated. It sounds of its time. It hasn't really? aged particularly okay. well. But I, I will always love this album because it was one of those where you know it was that time of, of my music taste where things were starting to change so it was something a bit different um and then, there's there's certain lyrics that have always stuck out and one of them is is your mum's in the kitchen selling rocks while your dad's in Wandsworth lying in a box it, it doesn't get much more british than that so savage that's savage yeah 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 it's, it's always a great album i mean I, I i haven't listened to it for a while actually i mean i um it, it, it didn't feature on my list just because it's, it's, you know, it's almost forgotten about. But I think when I heard it, it always struck me as being ahead of its time because it feels like, you know, if that had come out for the first time in the late 90s, yeah, uh, British or American, I think it would have done much better. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. It was, uh, yeah, you're right. It probably was too early. But yeah, yeah, because if it, like I say, it, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, th I think that's the thing. I think you think of a lot of stuff in the 90s and even afterwards, it's... it's I think it's a, probably a key album. Um, yeah, yeah, it is, and it, it's got that. It's got it's got everything in there. It's got everything from metal and punk to hip hop to trip hop. It's, it's got proper nineties dance in the mix. You know, it's, it's it's all over the place. They're basically the missing link between Rage Against the Machine and Asian Dub Foundation. <laughs> do, do we need that missing link? Asian Dub Foundation, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, yeah, memories. And when I listened to it again this week for the first time in. In Donkey's years, like I said, does sound dated, but fuck me, it's a great album. So it's 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 in there. Voice of Reason, what's next? Number okay, this, great this is yeah, this is one of a couple of uh, couple of non rock, non guitar based albums, but um, yeah, they're both 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 love and well, say so one, one's mostly that. Um, this is an album which I wasn't into at the time. Um, I, I mean, I liked the songs, but I, I never got the album because money and keenness and whatnot. Um, and it came a bit later. Um, but it's only recent years that I've really fallen in love with, with this particular album. Um, this was very popular at the time. Um, and I, I'd probably say this was probably, probably the hippest album of that period, of the mid-90s. And that's considering that everything that was going on around then and all the different all the different artists all the different bands getting loud lauded loud, by the press and this is dummy by portishead uh, okay that's a good that's a fair shout that's a great um, that's a dark piece of work it really is i mean it's the thing is i wonder if there's a lot of people you know met all rock fans especially that never gave it the time of day because of what it was because it was an enemy favorite yeah it yeah, was yeah it was soft yeah um and that is a fucking mistake because again it is fucking intense and it is dark yeah. it is yeah. twisted and messed up and you know how they've taken you know trip hop stuff those hip hop rhythms but blended it with these sort of 50s and 60s jazzy easy listening dark sorts of tracks that they've dug up from the archives um you know this is an album that you know you you you, you can you lie and lie on your sofa in, in late at night in the summer with with crystal with a glass of wine and, and a joint or whatever and just soak it up um it's a fuck album it really is i mean that that's it 
but it, it deserves a lot of love from areas that probably never gave it the time of day and it and it absolutely deserves the kudos that it got at the time um nothing sounds like it even now i don't think no no i, I agree and and beth gibbons vocals are are just just haunting i think is probably the the first oh, word yeah. that comes to mind and yeah it's um it it is it is like a heroin trip of an album it's just grim proper grim but i yeah i you know i haven't listened to that in fucking years yeah yeah i've got i've got the first two on vinyl so yeah that's <laughs> it's, it's one of those where it's like no that, I, I get that out in certain moments yeah well yeah it's yeah it's not going to be when you're celebrating anything is it that's for sure <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I'm going to listen to Paulus Head. Oh. <laughs> ruin it. Ruin it all. Um, Holy Man, what's next? Uh, Emperor and the Night Stone Eclipse. Yes. Yes. Well, it's got to be there, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the start. That's the start of it. You know? Um, the, the artwork of the album, the, the intensity. Um, yeah, beast of an album. Everything, everything about it. It's on my list as well. It's it's high up, but I'll, I'll I'll drop that later on. But it's the it's the it's that bridge because for me, Anthems to the Welcome at Dusk is the black metal masterpiece. That's like the benchmark for all black metal as far as I'm concerned. So you've got your early Emperor stuff, your Wrath of the Tyrant, and all that lot, and Nightside just sits in the middle, doesn't it? It's that bridge from the old, almost unlistenable black metal to anthems and it's the perfect mix of the two yeah composition yeah yeah definitely yeah um just you know in the night side eclipse it's a great name for an album it is uh, it is and the, the artwork just suits everything is everything about the whole package yeah is like black metal perfection and it you know it must be on your list as, as well and gotta be it's it's top top 20 all right okay I thought I was kind of assumed it'd be top ten, but again, it's because, I think it's one, it's one of those where I, I mean, is it my favourite? I, I don't know. I've always struggled with the favourite from Emperor because I think they're all re- almost equally good, as good as each other. Yeah, it is. A tough um, one. I probably need to try and find one in years, but wasn't listening to it at the time. And it's it's a case of this this list is very nostalgia me focused from that period. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's what you all. Yeah. Quite I mean, like it. You know, I the first time I think we told this story before, but the first time I ever heard Emperor was through Padre, and it was like, "What the fuck is this?" this <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, what I think it was Wrath of the Tyrant, wasn't it? We are going back to that, uh, yeah, yeah, which, which is just rough around the edges, and to, um, to say the least. Also, it doesn't help when you're trying to play it through really crappy desktop speakers. Yeah, yeah, you know, on on a on a Windows ninety five PC. <laughs> 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 with, 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 a, with, a, with a crappy like 16-bit sound card and what, what was that a uh, winamp yeah Win- yeah that's what it was all on winamp that was the far fuck me see this is the thing yeah. that the, the youth of today they just they don't get it they don't get it you know cassettes are now a, a a hipster's accessory back then it was just we had no choice you know vinyl i get need to stay in the past yeah i, mean, I agree i agree and, unless unless it's a cassette recording of Radio 5 Live, last day of the Premier League season, Blackburn winning the title. I've done it. It's on a, on a, on a TDK, 90-minute tape, right? I remember, because I didn't have Sky then. Well, I've never had Sky, actually. Um, just recording Radio 5 Live and, like, Redknapp scores the free kick and you're like, fuck, Manchester United have, like, won the league. And then you've got 
Ludic McCloskey at West Ham having the game of his life to keep Man United at 0-0. Um, yeah, stuff like that. That's when you keep a cassette. Or if it's a cassette of like, I don't know, you've caught someone planning to assassinate the president, that's when you keep a cassette. Not <laughs> anything else. I'm sorry. Uh, unless, so if, it's, end, if it's a really good mixtape. Let's not go there because mixtapes would be something for a whole different, yeah, whole different yeah. episode. That is you and your fucking TDK ninety of, of nothing but solos. We're, that's 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 a different. <laughs> that, that was special. That was. Do, do you have any idea how long it? How especially when you're when you're trying to record, but the the, the middle riff of Angel of Death of Decade of Destruction, uh, Decade of Aggression. And you've only got a version of it on vinyl, so you've got to kind of get the pin right on the top. There's an art to that. That's it. Fucking ages. That was a labour of love. Yeah, that's exactly what it is—a labour of love. But yeah, let's 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 get back on track before it gets out of hand. Um, number seven, voice of reason. What's next? Number seven. Uh, this is a band who I mean, I've never loved this band, but I certainly liked, really enjoyed uh, like their earlier stuff or mid stuff or whatever haven't really kept up with them in the last few years because they kept kind of pumping out album after album and i just gave up in the end but this this first album it's a classic nothing else sounds like it at the time nothing else still sounds like it, i don't think um and it's difficult not to have a big smile when you listen to it and that's the blue the blue album by weezer yeah so absolutely that was um that was almost in my top 10 that it was one of those that I was kind of like, uh, yeah, toying with it. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. I, I can't, I mean, it's, it's, you know, no, no, doing that sort of grungy sound, but with, I suppose what was old school, emo yeah. at the time, yeah. Sort yeah. Of, you know, sort of the eighties, um, post hardcore, emo, whatever it might've been called at the time. And, you know, that alt rock, whimsical whingy but it, it, it worked it very much it worked and i think considering you know we'd had grunge we'd had three years of of being bloody miserable and here comes this slot with these real delicate sort of old school pop harmonies being played with very grungy guitars it was it was you know like a ray of sunshine i think you know the first time you hear buddy holly and it's just like wow what, what is this so first time I heard Buddy Holly was on a uh a now that's what I call music compilation, uh number 20 something or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would have been 20, yeah, late 20s. Yeah, yeah, and it was and it was like yeah, this this is just great. It was and then saw the video as well. Yeah. So when that whole package comes together, and yeah, yeah, they they're very important band. I love I love Weezer, I actually love them. They uh they deserve more a lot more respect than they get, I think, for their influence on music. And Rivers Cuomo's bonkers, so, you know. He absolutely is, yeah. I mean, there's always been talk about... There's, well, there's a lot of different opinions about the follow-up, isn't it, Pinkerton? Because, obviously, it pretty much killed their career for five years. Um, yeah, that was but, a... I think that was a bit of a self-indulgent moment, wasn't it? It's what they wanted to do, but... It was. And I think, lyrically, you listen to it and think, oh, that's a bit dodgy. But it's also yeah. very key to a lot of the emo stuff that happened in the noughties, wasn't yeah. it? You know, it, yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a mixed bag, but... Yeah, I think... It, this album, yeah. then the the green album after it is, is an absolute belter as well. So yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. That's that's a great shout. Um, Holy man, what's next? Uh okay. So we mentioned Pantera before, so I won't go that with seven. Uh, number six. I actually 
I've 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 kind of nibbled around the edges of this album for years. So I went back and listened to it properly. Uh, Downward Spiral, Nine Inch Nails. Um, that's the yeah, that's that's one for him. Never been one for me that. Um, I've I've not really given Nine Inch Nails a lot of time over the years, and that's not because I've disliked them. I just for some reason they're like um some to some degree like Radiohead. I I I don't. I'll listen to there's a few Radiohead songs that I'll listen to, but overall I just I can't listen to them. But I don't think they're bad at all. I've got nothing against them. I can I can see why other people rate them so highly, and I've I've kind of taken that stance of Nine Inch Nails for years that it's just not for me. But I put it on there because I did listen to it. And I thought that's that's actually quite good. Um, maybe because my tastes have changed or my ears my 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 ears changed over the years, but. Back in the day, no, I wouldn't have put this on there. But I think that 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 is a seminal album. Um, I I, it, I I I absolutely echo what you're saying about Nine Inch Nails because I've never been a fan. I've, I've recently got into Pretty Hate Machine because I'm discussing it with with Ant, and I've I've got into that quite a bit. But Downward Spiral is a much more challenging listen. But Nine Inch Nails as a band are so fucking groundbreaking and were so ahead of their time. And Trent Reznor's a bit of a musical genius that that album fully deserves everything. Do you know what I mean? It's I think I think I think as well when when because like I when I say I've never really given them time, I think that is actually the problem. When I say time, I mean it's not it's not that doesn't mean like a lack of respect or like I've literally never given them the time where I've actually sat down and just pushed play and sat there and listened to it. Yeah. You've got to do that with albums, and I think. Um, Nine Inch Nails are not a, not a band that you're ever going to get a feel for with one song or one single. You've yeah, it's got, got to be give them because it's a complete package. It's a it's a piece of art, and and I think what did it was I actually watched a I can't remember what it was called, but I think it was a documentary, and it was on the Downward Spiral, and Trent Reznor was talking about it. it was every single song they talked about, and I remember watching it thinking, yeah, I should go back and listen to that, and then. The opportunity arose when we uh, talked about this episode. So, yeah, I mean, I think they deserve to be on any list um, for 1994, and they need to be in any conversation regarding the 90s. Yeah, 100. percent Well, I think we'll um, we'll hold off on Ant's opinion on that album. I think we'll, just, we'll come back to that. And in, in that same sentiment, my number seven was um, Soundgarden, Super Unknown. So I think we'll be coming back to that as well. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'll go straight into number six. And um, again, this is probably going to be on both of your lists anyway, but let's go with it. Prodigy, music for the digital generation. My num- that's my number six as well. Well, there you go. So so we're in that territory. It's, I mean, I, I was, this is about the time I actually got into the Prodigy as well. So I was kind of one of the few albums on this list that was there at the time, getting into it at the time. And the prodigy just blew my fucking mind. Absolutely blew my mind. As a 14 year old, it was like, what the fuck is this video? The videos, the video for poison in particular, what the fuck was that all about? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the best video, because it's so, it, it's, it, it's absurd and it's hilarious and it's a bit creepy at the same time. It's, you know, it's voodoo people. Voodoo people. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> It's pretty. It's like live and let die on crack. Yeah, I mean, 
the, the thing for me is it's it, with, with music for the jilted generation it's the it's the little touches it's the intro with the typewriter yeah so i decided to take my work back underground to stop it falling into the wrong hands like i i, I think at one point i was trying to get that onto my voicemail with my, my message <laughs> you know, back when i was at university um in, you know uh and then like uh their law is just fantastic um it's my all-time favorite prodigy song that their law yeah and, and then um you've got that double double header at the near the end of the album um poison and then well even again the intro to poison when you've got the the cat meowing and he's like liam someone on the phone for you fuck's sake man I'm trying to get this yeah. yeah yeah and then um Brilliant. you've just got that bass drops and then straight into the no good start of the dance which again has got a really weird video because keith flint ends up in some form of gas chamber and what is it with, v- with prodigy videos where keith flint gets killed in every single one of them yeah it's some, something voodoo, happens to him yeah. voodoo people he gets murdered and put inside a suitcase put in a suitcase and poison. launched off a cliff yeah yeah poison they basically stamp on him until he dies yeah. no good start of the- get put he gets put in some form of gas chamber were there any other videos he gets killed in I don't know. I, I I can't remember. Right. I think that was that was the theme around the album. There's a moment in the Poison video, right, where you see the four of them in a line, and then an extra Keith Flint face pops up for about a second, and then disappears again. And it's it's always really freaks me out. It's fucking weird. Go back and watch the video, and you'll see. It, it, it's right it's, towards it's the end such, of the song. Such an eclectic album as well because you, you've got the. Um, you know the first was it? I think it's seven or eight tracks, and then you've got that last these last three songs. Is it the Skyline Suite? And they've got the song Three Kilos, and they kind of get it. But once what they when you listen to it in nineteen ninety four, you go, oh, you know, this is good, everything. But when you when you're at university and you start doing hard drugs, in my case, <laughs> you get it. like you know, you 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 you've you've progressed from booze and cigarettes to pot, and now you're doing. Um, methamphetamines, MDMA, cocaine, mushrooms, whatnot. The the occasional ketamine binge, um, and um, you just like you, you get it. That's the come down. That that those three songs to the come down. You know, so like listening to it on a come down, you're like, I get this now. Yeah, I, I I've had my brain's been going a thousand miles an hour the rest of the album. Now I just need something a bit more chill. You know, as you drink your your cup of tea in the morning. That's you've been up for twenty four hours and you. Smoking the joint and drinking a cup of tea, like Reading, two thousand and three. Was it? Was it two thousand? Yeah, two thousand three. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. You that guys was just... get up. You've been up all night. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was that was a weekend wasted. That was a way yeah. a weekend wasted is not a wasted weekend. I think. Right. Way. But you are That's... basically the jilted generation. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Now, my uh, my relationship with Prodigy goes back further because, as you know, I've I've listened to the charts since I was. Four years old, yeah. pretty much in the eighties, um, and so when they first appeared in ninety one, um, you know, I was eleven years old. You know, I wasn't into anything specifically at that point in time. I liked a bit of everything that was in the charts, but you know, you got this dance stuff, you got this race stuff going on. Some songs I like, some some songs I don't. I'm not really, I'm not picking up on it, although. You know, I should say I live just outside of the M25 in Surrey. Uh, that's where I grew up. And there was a big illegal rave um, just around the corner from me around the same time, I think in 1991. Um, 
behind our school playing fields, and I could actually hear it from my bedroom. So, did you have your white yeah. gloves on and a glow stick in your bedroom? Well, I should have done, but yeah, no, I mean, no, but yeah, yeah, wood patch, the area just outside of Rygate, full of full of ravers and punks and you know all sorts of rasters the, the, the Sunday morning after. It was great. Anyway, I digress. You know, stuff like Charlie, I thought, hello, this is this is a different level. This there's something about this that, that's a bit more interesting, you know, because it was a bit I don't want to say rock, but it wasn't rave. It was yeah, it was different. And harder and edge, they, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then they do stuff like um out of space, um everybody space. everybody in the place, um, wind it up. And it's just like these guys are good. I actually like, you know, I can infuse about these guys. Now, I did buy the album, Experience at the time, which would have been like a load of different versions. But, you know, those those songs got recorded on my TDK 90s and they got played a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked the prodigy. And of course, yeah, come 1994, they come back with no good start the dance. It's like, fuck me. They're, you know, they've elevate, elevated again. They're, they're harder now. Um and I think, yeah, obviously I, I kept up, love Fat of the Land. And this, by this point, they're, they're a Kerrang band. They're a rock band pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But for me, Jilted Generation, you know, it represents all, everything they did well. You know, they were they, they were still quite rave at the time because that's where they came from. That's what they did well. But they were pushing in that rock direction. They were, you know, sampling Nirvana. They were sampling Pop Will Eat Itself for, um, the, uh, um, for their law, or at least working together. And they were heavy, you know. They 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 were heavy, and I think that's for me. It's just the best, their best blend of everything they did well. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. And I I saw them for the first time in '97. It was the first festival I ever went to. It was the first like big outdoor gig I went to. It was the V Festival in Chelmsford. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking ironic considering that's where I live now. Um, and I was living in Cornwall at the time, but I will still remember that gig. They were fucking unreal. They were absolutely incredible. Tour, there was a tour in the fat of the land and it was just they opened I remember it they opened with smack my bitch up so that that long intro and it went on for ages everything went dark and then it just went bang and it, the whole set all 90 minutes of it was just incredible and, and they're, they're a band that for our generation and our age regardless of what type of music you're into they're one they are one of the biggest and one of the most important in British music in modern yeah. British music culture, they are one of the most important. They 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 united people. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. yeah. cliched as that sounds, it's true. Them them yeah. and Motorhead. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. managed to capture the kind of zeitgeist at the time. So you still have this, like, I mean, they're what they're Gen X. No, they aren't they. So you have got a kind of yeah, that anti-establishment vibe. Coupled with like the the sound, the musical sound of like more electronic stuff, so and they've got like they amalgamated the two, so it's like it was like there was like they had punk elements to them, not in terms of style but in terms of like connotation, and um, like especially like, I remember you know you know you you open the the, the, the book the the inlay of generation you've got the the artwork and it's the kid cutting the bridge and he's flipping the bird to the all the authorities on the other side yeah. of the ravine. Well, yeah, yeah. Always, this, out, this is always outnumbered, never outgunned. Yeah. And I think that particular maxim or mantra is uh encapsulates a lot of the vibe of like the, at least the early nineties, that hangover 
from the 80s in that the, the basically the population that grew up under the Thatcher government in the UK. We, 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 it's worth mentioning this actually, and it's, it's a bit political, but you know that illustration in in, in the art in the um, in the album, where on one side you've got you know the countryside, you've got the ravers, you've got the, the festival, and all the happy people, uh, and and a guy next to a, a bridge over a ravine about to cut it. On the other side is the dirty, polluted city, all the coppers about to storm the place, and it's you know 1994 was was the year of the Criminal Justice and Public Order Act which had been brewing for a while in response to all of the raves happening over across the, across the board for years that were always getting busted up. Um, and, you know, eventually led, led to the super club uh, because they had to kind of legalise it in a way and keep it under control. And they didn't want people, you know, taking up space in the countryside and waking all the neighbours up. Um, but that was a, that was a big deal, wasn't it? Uh, when that happened, because um, we were trying to sort of, and it wasn't just it wasn't just ravers. It was new age new age travellers and all all those kind of people. Where they just considered a bloody nuisance. But it really was one of the typical examples of, of the conservative government trying to ban things and trying to keep things down. And uh, it, it's it's it, it fascinates me how these days that, that conservatives love to talk about lefties banning everything and cancelling everything and woke this and woke that and it's like well in my experience it was always the conservatives that did that you go back to the 80s you go back to video nasties and putting all that all of that done trying to ban heavy metal trying to ban this trying to ban rave in the 90s it's you know it's always confused me that sort of thing but yeah that was that was a big part of what they did yeah yeah completely i I think clearly we're all we're all in agreement of of our it's funny you know, we're all we're all massive metalheads, and but this is one of those albums, Prodigy, one of those bands that, like you said, as corny as it may be, they just united everything in the same way, like you said, that Motorhead united metalheads and punks, and it all it all kind of came together. So yeah, long may they go on. You know, it, it was it was it was properly sad when Keith Flint went because I don't think anybody saw that coming. You know, well, no one would have seen that coming. I don't think anybody even close to him probably wouldn't have seen it coming. Um, and I was talking to someone up here not long ago who um who was doing a park run the day before he was found dead and he was running that same park run in braintree so that was the like the last thing he did was run a park run and the following day he was found dead in his house so it, it i don't know it, it was an odd one that but he was a massive loss but it's great to see that the prodigy are carrying on and his legacy is still there and they make a big deal of him and all that kind of it's, it's great it's great they're, they're a proper a proper legacy band oh yeah Absolutely, British British institution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Fuck me, that went on a bit. Uh, Right, top five. Um, I'll go because I just fucking love this album. Um, Wasn't into hardcore in the nineties. Didn't get into hardcore properly until the early two thousands. But this is probably the best hardcore album there is. Certainly one of the very best. Scratch the surface. Sick of it all. Yeah, in my top 20, in my top 20, but what an album. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, they went on to a major label with this album, but Step Down, greatest hardcore song ever, gotta be. It's just such a hook. and But the whole album, so in your face, so anthemic, proper fist in the air, middle finger, fucking does the full works. And it gave them the opportunity to cross boundaries as well. They came from the hardcore scene, and all of a sudden they're playing with, Bands like Sepultura and bands like Slayer and it, the whole world opened up for them. And 
you know, they're still going strong now and still doing it well. So absolute classic album. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean like I say, it just, it just pummels along at a great old rate. Uh, um, you know, it kicks off with No Cure. Love it. Um, I mean, the intensity of stuff like Force My Hand as well. It's, mm. it's like 14 songs, 35 minutes. Yeah. Proper hardcore album. Yeah. Proper fucking hardcore album. So, yeah, yeah, absolute classic. And, um, and as we know, at the end... Take it easy. Yeah, yeah. I just—it's—it's it's so, it's so fucking New York. You know, everything about oh, it, it, you know, it is. It's you can you can literally smell the chili dogs from that album. <laughs> In the same way that Prodigy is like so British, sick of it all. Are so fucking <laughs> New York. You know, they just just sort of ooze it. So uh, yeah, an absolute fucking classic. Um, so what's yours then? Number five, Voice of Reason. Number five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, I know, you still love this album. Um, this is my favourite. I suppose. Well, actually, no, maybe it's not. But um, look, it's a great, it's a great album. It's it's punk, um, but yeah, it's it's smashed by Offspring. Yeah, it was it was very close to being in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm exactly in, in in complete lockstep with the voice of reason there. Number five, Smash Offspring. Fucking love that album. Can't get enough of that. It's still to this day, we'll we'll listen to self esteem. Come out and play genocide. Um, I just I love the little in the, the little interludes, like you know, at, right at the end. Um, it's time to relax, you know, kick off your shoes, your favorite easy chair, glass of wine, you know, because that music soothes even the savage beast. And then you've got that um, that kind of almost hidden track at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and like it's just it's such a good album, and like I I to this day will use self-esteem when I teach because I've got a lesson where I use that song to teach certain things and um, the, the kids love it it is I think people you know it's yeah it's punk maybe it's skate punk whatever but it's quite thrashy isn't it yeah yeah it's got a hard it's, edge it's, definitely yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's got that sort of thing I mean I love Bad Habit I know it's maybe it's a bit childish but yeah, but that's that's what we that's why we love it because it is fucking childish. That's what that music was all about in the nineties. That's why we loved it back then. So you're always gonna always gonna enjoy it. Yeah, it's you know if you go, I mean, we haven't seen Offspring. Well, I haven't seen Offspring for fucking twenty plus years. But yeah, yeah, guarantee now, even though we're in our forties, if we went to see Offspring now, you would still be shouting that lyric. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> Dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker! You would still be screaming that at the top of your voice, seeing that. Yeah. And that's that says it all. So yeah, it's a fucking classic. I was I was toying with putting it in my top ten, but I it, I just pushed it out for a couple of other. But yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I just? I, I know we don't usually do this, but I'd like to take this off on a tangent a minute. Oh, fucking um, I'm, 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 I might go for a piss while you do this. No, no this is this is this is disturbing. So, you know, I've just got a message off a friend of the podcast, Mr. Robert Lang of Music Radar and a top, a Total Guitar magazine. He sent me something on WhatsApp. The message on WhatsApp was, it was bound to happen at some point. He sent me a picture of Kanye West oh, wearing yeah. a Burzum t-shirt. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, we saw, I saw like, that earlier. You want to fucking sit there? And go on about people appropriating your fucking culture. Keep the greasy fucking mitts off metal. <laughs> you know, like, and, and also, mate, the fuck? 
Count Grish. Look, I'm sorry. Look, there it is. So it's, it's, it's the Count Grishnag T-shirt with Burzum written on it. That's it. There, look. Yeah. What look a cunt! Just fuck off. You know. What a cunt! He's Kanye West. He's he's not right. He's 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 just with first class bellend. Look, is is that it? Are you done with that? Because we don't want to give too much time to a cunt like that. I mean, I mean, I just, I just, I'd laugh my ass off if he calls his next kid Count. <laughs> we'll be fucking Count up. West. Anyway, move on. Um, yeah. who, who wants to give me a number four? Right, I'll, I'll, I'll do a number four. Yeah. So again, this will probably divide opinion here, but I, you know, I love this album. Um, this is a band who I probably remembered quite differently for most of their career because of what came afterwards. Um, but also I think some people still only remember those, the first couple of albums where they were a bit more, you know, hard rock. Um, this, this is a great album, but again, this is a very dark, very fucked up album, um, which I think a lot of people would, I don't want to say enjoy, but very much appreciate if they actually gave it a chance. And that is The Holy Bible by the Manic Street Preachers. Oh, hello, Manky Street Sweepers. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. You know, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan, but to be fair, that's not a bad album. It's, it's messed up. I mean, that's, you know, wherever he is now, Richie Edwards, obviously, you know, he, he disappeared afterwards and, you know, they changed, they changed tact, didn't they, the other lads? But, yeah, the stuff of that album, it's lyrically, it's, 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 it is dark. Um, I think that was like their performance of Faster on Top of the Pops got record number of complaints apparently because uh, James Dean Bradfield was wearing, wearing the balaclava and <laughs> it, all, it all looked a little bit little bit IRA, didn't it? Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a trip. This album, um, it's messed up and and it's so different to what came before, you know, with with sort of punky hard rock Guns and Roses sort of anthems and what and whatnot and to this very sort of lo-fi punk it's not goth by any means it's just yeah just it's miserable yeah i i i i swear to god i, I mean i went i went to university in cardiff in the 90s and i i i, I bumped into richie edwards quite a few times he did this <laughs> but you know i, I mean i wouldn't be surprised if you did but there was um there was that there was that three or four month period in the first year in Horses Residence is when we first arrived where you had um, there was the, the the cycle path up the the river Talabon and onto the rugby fields and uh, there was the Talabon flasher there was someone up there flashing at all the female joggers and I, I reckon it was him I, I had a, a theory it was him at the time um, you know uh, but yeah no he, he didn't disappear he, he's there he's he's, he's mostly working at Greg's or something. Yeah, or, or yeah. insurance or something like that. It's uh, yeah, yeah, some something. Yeah. something I I didn't expect. I that's a band I didn't expect to uh, to appear on this episode. Pretty sure that's the first mention that we've ever had of Manky Street Sweepers on this podcast. I must have. I must have mentioned at one point. Can we make sure it's the last one, please? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, we, look, we we won't go down the. Can uh, we veto? Yeah, we won't go. I don't think we'll go down that route. We, we no. won't quite go that. But let's uh, let's keep it to a minimum. Um, but. That is that. To be fair, that's if I was going to pick a Mankey Street Sweepers album, it would be that one. So yeah, I'll give you that. Um, Holy man, what's next? Number four, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, unplugged Nirvana. 
All right, we'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's it's, it's good. The vibe. It's not as good as Alison Chains Unplugged or Pearl Jam Unplugged. To be fair, but it's 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 enjoyable. I I love the MTV Unplugged sessions. The Alison Chains one is special, but yeah, it is. that's yeah. you know, and it's also it's also heartbreaking because that's his last concert. Yep. Um, Grim. But again, like, MTV Unplugged is one of his last ones as well. Yeah, like, we were talking about '94. That's that's the year Cobain died. Yeah. It, um, is, it, it is good to be. I mean, I haven't listened to it for for many many years, but it is a good one. I, I like the cover versions that are in there and. It, it's done very well. Oh yeah, we're gonna we gonna there's gonna be a lot lot in April, is there? Thirtieth anniversary and whatnot. It's gonna be a lot yeah. of stuff. Yes, yeah. but don't know about that. Yeah, without a doubt. I uh, mean that 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 whole Seattle scene. That, that there's a lot of casualties there. You know, over the years. Yeah, I mean, like more so, and it's and it's a bit more tragic because, like, okay, so for example, let's say you look, let's say you kind of compare the Seattle scene. To like the the thrash metal scene in the eighties, like you know, uh, Paul Bailoff died, Cliff Burton died, but like Cliff died because it was an accident. Paul Bailoff died of remind me what did he die of cancer? It was cancer. I think it was a tumor. Yeah, brain tumor. I think. Yeah, um, and maybe maybe that wasn't helped by the the kind of hard drinking, you know, uh, extreme pace to the music. But um, most of those guys in um in, from that Seattle they committed suicide or they basically did they they OD'd and it's just something tragic about that yeah, so, yeah whether or not you know you could say it was you know grunge is an actual thing or you could just say it was like the, the Seattle at the time the, the planets aligned and it produced five or six bands that were just phenomenal because um, that's all it needs to be a, a scene doesn't need to have 50 bands it just needs to have four or five good yeah, spe- especially when they're that good yeah, but this is the thing is, is we, we know they, you know, Seattle was ignored by so many touring bands, in, in, you know, throughout the 80s uh, in rock. So they, they, they made their own scene. They had to. It, was, it wasn't, you know, grunge wasn't a genre. Grunge was a movement of Seattle bands of sort of metal, sort of punk, sort of psychedelic, doing, doing their own thing in their own way in a very miserable climate with a lot of heroin around. And... You know, they all hung out with each other and coalesced, and yeah, that's that's why it was so strong in a very short space of time. It just worked. Yeah, it's it's, it's mad when you think about what what that city has produced, album wise. It's incredible. You know, so but also uh, look, look what else it's produced: Boeing, Microsoft, and Starbucks. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> there's something in the water up there. Right? Oh fucking hell! Yeah, right. Enough of that. Um. Right, my number four, um, prong cleansing. Nice. Yes, that's that. That that was an honourable mention for me. Another, um, another Terry Date production masterpiece. Sounds great. The riffs just sound huge. We all know "Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck" is is obviously the the anthem off of this. It was their breakthrough. Um, and shout out to Bean because he mentioned a couple of days ago they were playing it on BBC Six Music. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's you know they do go basics. So yeah, so fair is, play I mean, for that. But okay, the groove, yeah, the groove on that song is just gargantuan. It's it is it's it's throughout the whole album, and they it was a it was a big shift for Prom because the previous stuff was a lot more industrial and a lot less easy on the ear kind of thing, and then a little bit thrashy. 
yeah, yeah. But this comes along and it's much cleaner. And I, like, again, I got into prong, I think, very late 90s, early 2000s, probably around about uni time. And yeah, it, it is a fucking classic. Absolute classic. Heavy as fuck. Great riffs. Got the full works. And a band I've never seen live as well, which still pisses me off. So they're one to add to the list. <laughs> Even though it's just Tommy Victor and some friends these days, but still, it's still prong. Yeah, we did. I think last year's album kind of passed passed us by, but yeah, we 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 didn't make a big deal of it. But it it is a good album. It sounds like classic prong. You know, it is a little yeah, bit of first. a throwback to the '90s style prong. The album before it, which the title of it escapes me. Um, I really enjoyed that. Was really good, but yeah, I haven't given the new one enough time, so maybe I need to rectify that. It's trouble we've got. We're listening to all these albums, like all these great bands. It's just we 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 not get the time to. We're not no, giving no. the opportunity. So yeah, no, missing to... missing a band like Prong is, is unforgivable, really. So yeah. Um, right, my number three is is Emperor in the Nightside Eclipse. So we we've already done that. So you two and your number three is Voice of Reason. Number three, yeah, we sort of onto the sort of. You know the the obvious the stuff. Now, but, well, I didn't agree, but yeah, these are the obvious ones. So yeah, number three, the downward spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I thought that might have been your number one, to be fair, but yeah. well, no. When, when I say my number one, you'll be like, oh, of course, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. It's it is an acquired taste. It will always be an acquired taste, even if yeah. you do like albums like Pretty Hate Machine or or With Teeth, for example, which you know they're all they're both a lot more accessible. Yeah, we, we we know he was pushing pushing the darkness. Obviously, the, the uh, EP he did in between uh, the broken EP, um, it, it's not a metal EP, but that was pushing much more metal. I mean, the riffs the riffs on that EP are gargantuan at times, and um, you know it, it, it deserves so much respect. And then he did this thing where he, he moves into the house where Sharon Tate was lived and, and was murdered basically. Um, whether or not he knew or didn't know or was just too drugged up to care, I, I don't know. It's the only the only time I've ever really learned about the making like read about the making of this album was actually I think when it was touched on briefly in Marilyn Manson's autobiography back in the day. Um so there's never really been anything else written about it, I think from a book perspective, I don't think but I, I'm you know happy to be proven wrong. But yeah it's um it's a trip. Um, he knew, I say, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was roughly going for when he worked it. Um, you know, it's not a metal album. It, it's no, no. I'm not even quite sure it could be called a rock album. It, it stands on its own two feet as just nine inch nails, just doing doing their thing. But you know, it's heavy from a you know an impact point of view. Um, some of the electronic sounds are completely messed up. Um, you know, and I, 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 I feel exhausted every time I listen to it. Um, you know, and the album closer, Hurt, which, you know, is an absolutely massive track and was memorable in its own right. The fact that it could be taken by someone like Johnny Cash and completely transformed. That's a, that's a potential of a songwriter like Trent Reznor. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's, he's an accomplished movie composer at this point. Um, yeah, with yeah, he's, rocks, he's quite, he? quite the jack of all trades, isn't he? Yeah, and granted, he's taken that sort of softer stuff that Nine Inch Nails did here and there with, you know, with some of their um, like, like the the ghosts, the ghosts uh, albums he did later on, and, and 
you know, the, the, the slower bits that he did on, on albums like The Fragile and, and whatnot. Um, I mean, like I say, one of the albums he scored recently was a Disney film, for Christ's sake. So, I know, that's, that's mad. And, and he also, he, also he, he scored my favourite film of last year, which was the new Turtles movie, um, which was a little bit more synth-wavy, just a bit, but it was just good fun. He probably thought, yeah, let's just loosen up a bit. Um, he, I, I don't like saying genius because it, it feels like such a, an overused word and inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius is, is, you know, you use that in very, very... Uh, extreme situations but you know when you consider the 30 years and his 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 career and what he's produced and how he's done it it's he deserves a shout out in that regard i really do think so yeah yeah completely i, I they're one of those bands that I, just, I wish i was a fan of because they've got such huge respect for what trent Reznor does but pretty hate machine like i said i've got into fairly recently but i've, I've other than that, they've just never been one of those that I've been able to click with. But then that's not the idea with Nine Inch Nails, is it? They're not supposed to be easy. No, no. no. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it it is what it is. But um, but yeah. Look, fair play. I fully expected that to be high up in your list. So, um, Padre number three, euthanasia. Yeah, top twenty for me. Yeah, same top twenty. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't far off top ten. It would be an honourable mention, definitely. Oh, it was nearly, nearly a top ten. But I, I think I just had to. Yeah, wasn't quite. But I mean, we've spoken about that album before. Riffs, melodies, hooks, choruses. It, it's a Megadeth album that doesn't get enough credit. And you know, it's it's almost it's also kind of to some extent. It's what ninety four. It's it's quite prescient because around nineteen ninety four. The, the Conservative government in the UK were talking about rail privatisation and then must stay right train of consequences. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and we all know how, that, how, how rail privatisation in the UK has, has ended up. It's a complete shit show. If, if John Major and the, the Ministry of Transport were listening to euthanasia at the time, it would never have happened. Like, because, that, listen, what's the first line of, of the song? I'm doing you a favour, I'm taking all your money. <laughs> That's the fucking trains in the UK. It's oh, like, they, they bring God. us a favour. Yeah, right. To our listeners, I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah, can only apologise. <laughs> We've apologised for many times before, like the Canadian government have for fucking Brian Adams. Um, <laughs> right, okay, let's, let's move on from that. <laughs> Uh, top two. Um, I'll go first. Uh, my number two, one of my all-time favourite bands, um, and this is just probably just about Pips. It is my favourite album from this band. Crozier for me, Deliverance. Nice. Yeah, me, me, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Any album that's got the song Albatross on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Albatross, uh, clean my wounds. Uh, the, the title track. The the the, the well, mad yeah. thing is the mad thing is about this album is from blind to this so blind was old school Krojkin for me and you know Pepper Keenan did vocals on one song vote with a bullet as we all know which is just one of the all time great riffs it's you know I I've, I'm I'm covered in tattoos I've got a few band tattoos not many but one of the most important ones is the COC skull on the back of my between my shoulder blades. It's been there for donkey's years. And this band are just, they're one of the most important to me over the years. And they went from blind 
to to deliverance and it's like pepper keenan just took over he wrote 90 yeah. percent of this album he took over the vocals the original vocal vocalist left and they just became this sabbath worshiping desert metal fucking behemoth and this album is as good as it gets and also hetfield plays on this album yeah yeah yeah, they were like fucking peas in a pod in the 90s, weren't they? COC and, and Metallica, so... Yeah, it's all, it's all together, didn't they? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you can see why that it works, the relationship musically, everything about them sort of in the 90s worked really well, but what a great band. Only ever seen them once um, in, in all places, fucking in a student union in, in Exeter with clubs. <laughs> um. Yeah, just, yeah. just yeah. fucking that was, a, that, that was a really good place to see them because it was a small venue. Yeah, it was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Was like two hundred like, place. I mean, we saw the haunted there in flames there, creation of conformity and Opeth. So the question I, I would like to ask is, how the fuck is Exeter getting these fucking bands at the yeah, time? Back, back then, because, at like, that time, it was almost every week. I know. I mean, I know Exeter is a popular destination for Oxbridge dropouts, right? <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, how 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 has it got the pools? I mean, because like, if when you look at it, the venue they were playing in, like, whereas I went to University in Cardiff, they had the Great Hall in the Student Union. That was a twelve hundred capacity venue. So why aren't those bands playing? Because I saw Anthrax at Cardiff Union, and that was a, that was a quite a big gig. Um, how are they? How was Exeter? How was Exeter at the time getting those bands? What were they doing? Like handing up honorary degrees or something? <laughs> like, but actually, actually, university had a great hall as well. I saw someone there. I can't even remember who it was, but they had both. But most, most of them were in the Lemon Grove. That's what it was called. It was the Student Union. It was called the Lemon Grove. And yeah, yeah in the early, in the early to mid two thousand, we're talking what oh five, oh four, oh five, oh six, oh seven. I don't know. Around about that kind of era. It was, it was the metalcore heyday. Basically, so all of those travel through there with Kill Switch Engage there, um, Shadows Fall, Unearth Saw there, all, all of these. Bands. I, I mean, I remember, like, I think it was when we saw the Haunted there and the Inflames. They were at one point, like, you know, you look up in, uh, in the mosh pit, there were like UCAS admissions officers <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I remember. <laughs> I remember that haunted gig well. We interviewed Peter Dolvin that day for for Metal Pigeon, and he is su- he was such a character, great great guy. So yeah, I, I remember that gig fondly. But anyway, going back to to COC, this album, I'm sure you both agree it's it, no, it's a yeah. fantastic. It is going through. I got got a pleasant surprise the other day actually because it flashed up on my Instagram. Um, yeah, on a story by 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 Lottie, who yeah. uh, was a Bake Off British Bake Off contestant about four or five years ago. Yeah, um, she she apparently she likes her metal, but she rarely talks about it. I never see her talk about it on social media at all, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing that flash up, and she was like, "Fuck, you know, clean, clean my wounds." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's all about it's all about the riff. So, uh, um, yeah, right. So, you two in your top two, voice of reason. What we got? Number two, tribal gum therapy. Right, that that makes me. I was, I was sitting here thinking, what's going to be your number one and number two? Which way round is it going to be? And now I know which which way it's going to be. So, can we? Yeah. Uh, we'll cut, can we? Let's. Right, well, Trouble Gun's my number one. 
So let's talk about let's just talk about Trouble Gum and how important that album is and how important that band are. Yeah. I mean again, I think the thing is I wasn't into them at that point in time. I think I'd heard I'd heard Scrimmage of that year and thought, yeah, that's good, but it didn't click with me at that point for some reason. Other things did, but that didn't. Um, which is, you know, weird. But I think I heard Screamager a couple of years later on a compilation, one of those best albums in the world ever kind of compilations that there was. There yeah, was I remember of, those. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a lot of stuff on that, I think, that, you know, took my, I think, you know, Depeche Mode on that album. And I'd always kind of, you know, been interested in them. Some of the classic indie stuff, some of, you know, the, the, you know, Skunk and Nancy as well, et cetera. But, you know, that was a, that was a good compilation. I'd have to dig that up at some point, but. Yeah, Screamager. That's when I fell in love with Screamager, and of course, at that point, I kind of kept up with them with with semi detached, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But obviously, yeah, I picked up Trouble Gum around around that time, and it's just I cannot get over how they blended everything together into such a into such a successful sound. You know, it's it's heavy rock, it's hard rock, but it's not hard rock. It's it's sort of punk, but it's not punk. Uh, but it's a bit metal but it's not metal either even with some yeah. solos dotted about yeah and you know big choruses catch catchy choruses but not like bouncy sort of green beige punky just I, I i can never describe them other than they're a fucking heavy rock band but they're so much more than that yeah that, yeah um, does them a bit of a disservice that it really does uh, I mean, not a single bad song on the album. So many corkers across it. Ebbs and flows as well. You know, it's not just one, you know, it's not just route one, is it? You know, there, there is, there is ebb yeah, and definitely. flow. Yeah. Um, but it's, it just all came together, didn't it, at that point in time? And I, and I wonder if, you know, you think about where they came from. They were Northern Irish lads, you know, Protestants and Catholics just getting together and making music having witnessed probably all sorts of nonsense going on growing up. And you know, so they've got they've got that righteous anger there um to push them on. But you know, let's let's put it into the music. Um and it's just it's a shame they never became bigger, but I think like I said, there was so much going on in the nineties and afterwards that yeah. yeah the cycle was just, you know, right, who's next, who's next, who's next kind of thing. And there was like I say there was a good video on YouTube or on, on, on a series I like about them. And there's so many people on the comics saying, oh yeah, I remember that band. They were so great. What, what happened to them? It's like, they're still doing it because they've always been great and they've always managed to keep a fan base as we know. Yeah. And, um, and they dropped one of 2023's best albums. Absolutely, yeah. You know? But it's, I, it's it's one of those albums. I think if, again, if more people heard it, they would have been, you know, they would have been bigger, but they didn't really, they didn't seem to fit I think on a wider scale outside of what was going on in Britain. No, they didn't. But that, that's that's I think that's part of the appeal. I mean, it's it's a dark album. Like lyrically, it's a dark album. Yeah. All sorts of, of oh, angst and, and angst. Teenage on. boy. Yeah, teenage yeah, very much so. But but it's it's it still sounds triumphant. It's kind of fist in your air anthems and how they've managed to pull that off is is quite incredible and and off the back of it like you said they you know they should have and could have probably been bigger but infernal love came after it it was it was even even less accessible from that point of view so yeah. but they they've had they've had a great career and like we said 
you know, last year they they dropped one of the albums of the year and they are still going strong. We saw them last year. They, they're touring to death. They play everywhere. Most of the shows sell out. And yeah, a lot of it is off the back of Trouble Gum, but they fucking deserve it because they're a great fucking band. And this is one of the all-time great rock albums. Yeah. You know, it, it is up there with with your all your all the ones you can think of from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, this is one of the all-time greats. So, yeah, it's um it, it would all, it would always be up there. It's one of my all-time top 10s, all time. And always will be. It's uh, every time I listen to it, it still excites me. You know, every time we see Therapy live and God knows how many times that's been over the years, still love hearing these songs live because they still play them with all the energy that they would have played them back then. They clearly yeah. still love playing these songs. Yeah, I think one of the best big gigs we've ever been to was when they did they did a free a free night sort of run at the Camden Underworld. The Underworld, yeah, ten, know, ten year anniversary show. Yeah, ten it? year, ten year anniversary. Yeah, so much for the ten year plan. Yeah. With so much for the thirty two year plan. Yeah, um, and they were just. I mean, fuck me, I on fire, literally on fire. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, long may they go on. And, you know, we, we got to meet them and have a chat with them earlier this year as well in um, in Kingston. Last year. <laughs> last year. Yeah, last year. Within the last 12 months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, great guys. Just just brilliant. It's, it's, I don't know, people say you don't you should never meet your heroes, but they were just absolute fucking legends. So they, they will always be a very, very close band to me. And, you know, I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. Um. Right, so that's that's me done then. So you two, you're number one. I know what it's going to be, so I'll, I'll just let you... Uh, I'll let, let Padre, Padre do his, actually. Super unknown. Yeah. Oh, well, you're, you're, there you go, yeah. I was going to say, I knew you were, you were both going to say the same thing. So. There, so, there we take... I, I had it in number seven and we didn't talk about it, so let's let's go. Why why is it... Why is it... Um, if, you just, if you just go back, like so, so Bad Motor Finger is, is a great album and it's got yeah. one of my favourite songs on it, Jesus Christ Pose. But Super Unknown, it's just, it's just next level. I mean, it's got to be up there with one of the best albums of the 90s, if not one of the best rock albums ever made. Because it's, it's, it's just the, it's the, it's the range of songs on it. So you've got the opening track, Super Unknown, great, great opening track. Then you've got, obviously, the one that everyone knows, which is Black or Sun. But then, like for me, my favourite tracks are actually "Head Down" and "The Day I Try to Live." I love that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Is a great song. Fourth of July, like "Suicide" is a great song. Um, Fed on Black Days, um, Mailman. Um, it's just it's such a great song. But like for me specifically, those middle tracks: "Super Unknown," "Head Down," "Black or Sun," "Spoonman." In that order, that's what it is on the track on the album. That's just some. They're great, great songs. Um, yeah. Head Down Dogs, the opening riff, they are trying to live. Fantastic song. Um, yeah. And even some of the, what he would, I, I don't think there's any filler on this album, but even some of the, maybe the weaker tracks, were still stand out like Kickstand and Fourth of July. Um, oh. It, it's just such a, um, well-produced, well-written, vocally, st lyrically strong, great riffs, great production, great drumming, you know, um, and I just, I, one of my all-time regrets is I never got to see Soundgarden live. 
Yeah, same. I, I, agree with that. I was living in Vietnam when he died. Uh, when they reformed, I was in Korea. Uh, and I, I could never come back. I mean, I, I to this day, I still haven't seen Alice in Chains live. Although for me, that would be a bit tricky because like, just for me, it's, Alice in Chains were always Lane Staley. Um, so yeah, it's just again, like, those... I've seen Pearl Jam, and that's that out of those Seattle bands. That's the only band I've seen live, and, and ironically, my least favorite of of that of that scene. I was always more inclined towards Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, and the Nirvana I set aside because Nirvana were one of the first bands I listened to. Period. So that's that's a, that's a different thing for me too as well. So, um, but yeah, I just I I I mean I I really like. Down on the upside as well, um, and I—I I mean, another one that was in my memorable, honourable mention. Sorry, was uh, it's it's more of an EP, but Jar of Flies came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah, I I, I consider putting that in as well. We're going to talk about that in a bit, I think, won't we? Yeah, can yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. we want to talk about yeah, mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I should preface preface this by saying. This is actually my favourite album of all time, full stop. Um, all right, get off the fence. <laughs> and, and funny enough, those those top three of from this year for me are in my all-time top ten. So that says it all about this year. Yeah. It's just yeah. such a strong year and, I, and iconic for my regards. But it's an interesting one because like, I, yeah, obviously this year, I didn't grab onto them straight away, but when it came out, I absolutely loved Black Hole Sun because, you know, nothing else. Had, I've never heard anything else like that before. Not, not even old classic rock, weird stuff, you know, from my dad's collection that dotted about. Just, you know, absolutely mesmerising. Saw that video. I went, what the fuck is this all about? You know, we'd seen a lot of weird stuff from Rock in the Loss in those previous years. But yeah, didn't, didn't grab onto them at the time, but really liked that song. Um and then obviously a couple of years later, they brought up Down on the Upside and I, I just dived in. I thought, oh, I liked Black Hole Sun and I'm actually earning Paperboy money now and I love that album. And I think, yeah, well, I have money to spend. Well, enough money anyway for that stuff. Uh, and I, and that, that, that album deserves a lot more love. I think it, it's got respect from, from the fans and whatnot, but yeah, it's, it's a better album than I think people give it credit for because um, you know, it's, it's not bad motor finger and it's not super unknown. But there's some good stuff on it. Anyway, I digress. After that, getting into metal shortly afterwards, you know, pick, picked up the albums and, and it all fit in. But the thing about, you know, when, when it comes to metal, I, I like, you know, I like the heavy stuff. But I, like, I like the melody stuff, but I like it fast. You know, that's why I like thrash. That's why I like classic heavy metal. You know, I like I like the energy and the oomph of metal. That, that's what it's always pulled me in. I'm not a doom metal fan. I'm very, very choosy when it comes to doomier stuff, slower stuff, you know, sludgy, heavy stuff. You know, I love, you know, I really like Black Sabbath, but I've never really got into it like I have Iron Maiden or Metallica. It's just how it is. But there was always about something about Soundgarden and how they appropriated that kind of stuff that just, they just took it to a different level. And if you think about a song like 4th of July, that is a crushingly heavy song, like enveloping heavy. Um, you know, I always think of that when I think of heavy, quite frankly, and it's it's not like a a typical doom metal song, but it's 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 how they it's how they use those riffs. I mean, Kim Tyle's riffs are just 
fuck knows where he gets them from. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, he's he's obviously you know he's not like you know, Caucasian American. He's got his own sort of heritage, and I think he pulls that he pulls that into it quite distinctively. But you marry that up with all you know all these other sounds and melodies. It's very quirky. You know, high bass, low guitar, low guitar, high bass, etc. There's you know, especially on on Fed on Black Days where they've got this disparity. Yeah, it blows my mind every time I hear it, and it's just it, it just it's not a fast album it's not a super catchy album but it's just, there's something about it that it's just utterly magnificent and transcends everything else that i like and that's why it's up there for me well they obviously did something right you know from a commercial point of view because it was their breakthrough they they were massive off the back of this album yeah um, black hole sun had grammy nominations it they they were huge they were here. I mean, I'm the same. Black Hole Sun was the first thing. It was it was it was 97, funny enough. It was the same weekend that I saw the prodigy in Chelmsford. Um, it was the first time I heard Soundgarden. Okay. And and yeah, same, and it was the video it was on MTV at my sister's house in uh, in Hornchurch. And um it was it was it was the video. It was like the video's all fucking psychedelic and all over the place, and it was like shit. And she had the album on CD, so I listened to it more and didn't have the same appreciation for it then that I maybe do now, but like, just like, just talk about Cornell's vocals for a minute. Just, yeah, yeah. just, just spine tingling stuff on this album on bad motor finger. That's like a black Sabbath album. That it's just, it's, it's a pure metal album. This, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Different. this is yeah, just I, completely different. And his voice properly soars for it as well. I, I, I remember, that first time I heard um, uh, the room a thousand years wide on Bad Mercy Finger, and just the, the guitar tone in that, and his and his lyrics are so brooding and menacing. I just, I just, I just fucking love that band. I just, I can't get enough of Soundgarden. They're, they're such a fantastic band. It's such a shame they he, he took his own life. Yeah, it um, is. I never got to it, see them either. So and, and it's, it's like, it, it's, there's not much. It's just with some with some people like that. There's not much you can do. Um, the you know, as 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 someone who's had his fair share of mental health issues in the last set, nine months, I don't know what anyone could have done to have pulled him out of that place he was in. Um, and that that kind of that level of creativity sometimes comes at a price, and unfortunately, the price is often. People take their own lives, or they 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 do a slow suicide, like Lane Staley did, and it's through addiction. And there's just something about that entire scene where there was almost an inevitability for that. Like when you hear it, when I heard when I, when I flicked on Facebook in the morning and I heard Chris Cornell committed suicide, and someone messaged me straight away, and I was just like, "You're sad and you're shocked, but at the same time, you're not surprised." Yeah. Um. But you know, yeah, it just it's, it is just uh, it's a tragic loss. And... It it is a tragic loss. But you know, all these bands and music that one is a sound cliche. The music does live on and will always have it. So it's the legacy will always be there, and that's the positive spin you can put. Well, on what, it. what I would add at the end as well is, is forget. Okay, do you, if you put the Soundgarden and the um, Power Slave stuff to one side, and just look at the James Bond theme he wrote, yeah. that is. Bond thing, that's a proper James Bond thing. You know, it and is, like, yeah, it's got it's got all the drama and it's got the strings and all of that. It is a proper yeah, 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 
Yeah. That's the thing. I think is is he, you know, most of his solo stuff was quite restrained and laid back, you know, quirky, but yeah, you know, he's heavier stuff for what he'd done that or elsewhere. But yeah, I mean that was a big that was a big rock track, wasn't it? And it worked. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 But I no, I mean I was I was lucky enough to to see them um in twenty thirteen. Um me and our mate John made a point of uh seeing them in Hyde Park on the King Animal tour. It was a good gig. It wasn't the best gig, but it was, you know, it, it was good. And yeah, glad we got to see them. So Yeah, exactly. You, you got to see them. So you, you've always got that. You've got that over the pair of us. So, so there, but yeah, look, that's, that's always, so anything else we got in there as an honorable mention that was kind of like flitting around the top tens. That Yeah. Know, I mean, I, 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 would, I want to give it uh, certainly a, a shout out to a, a couple of things. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Dookie by Green Day. Yeah, the fact that's thirty years old is yeah. That, yeah. And so they they released their new album today, which which I've had to listen to, and it's good. It's you know it's, it's Green Day. I, I want to talk about them. I think at the end of the month with, with our album review, but you know Dookie again. That was the first. That was the first proper, I suppose, guitar based album I bought um, after the pop stuff and whatnot. Borrowed some stuff from people, copied copy things onto tapes, but. Yeah, that was the first like guitar-based album I bought, and it was a cracker. It doesn't mean as much to me now, um, but I think it, it still stands up very much today. Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. For what it, what it was. I'd also like to give a shout out, and I know this might people might find this a bit weird, but I absolutely loved this album at the time, certainly late '94, um, and that's uh, "No Need to Argue" by The Cranberries. Classic. Um, it is. You know, it's yeah. people might think, oh, you know, you're sort of whimsical Irish sort of no. rock, but it's no. quite dark. No. Quite dark. You know, I mean zombie was, you know, about IRA bombs and whatnot. And you know, it, it, there's a lot there's a lot going on there. And yes, I mean it was a sort of pop grunge, I kind of thought of it as a, a, at the time, but I think, um, yeah. it's it's a great album, really affecting and it almost made my top ten. I, I think it's right. I mean, an honourable mention to uh, "Ill Communication" by the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Was, that was one. Of, that's one of my honourable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, and um, also, if we're going to stay in that vein, I've got to, you know, just shout out "Illmatic" by Nas, one of the seminal hip hop albums of the nineteen nineties, and also "Ready to Die" by Biggie. Just those two. I know, I know, I know, I know. Most of you aren't hip hop fans, but. That's uh, those two need those two need a mention. What's I that? mean, Illmatic by Naz is a fantastic album. What's, um, what's California Love nineteen ninety four? Because I know my mate absolutely loves that album. It was ninety three or ninety four, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, the other one. Um, again, completely not metal. Not necessarily a big fan, but if you're talking about nineteen ninety four seminal moments, like albums that had a big difference, Park Life by Blur. Okay. Yeah, good, good album. Yeah, no, no, in, in all, yeah, in all, in all fairness, look, you know, in at that time, you couldn't really yeah. avoid indie. No. It was whether you liked it or not, it was there. Not, so. 94, 94. I mean, like I say, there's a big argument that Britpop pretty much started the night Kurt Cobain died, kind of thing, because it was, I think Oasis played a small show which blew the roof off or something. And that was it. It just changed overnight. But oh, so that. Sorry, the other one, and it's not an album, but it's okay. So, 1994, The Crow comes out. The film. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. 
soundtrack. The, the soundtrack, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, that, that I remember that we, we had a jukebox in the in the campsite bar I used to work at, where I was a glass collector. And on that on that jukebox, there was um, Nevermind, Appetite for Destruction, and um, the Crow soundtrack. And that was the only three options you had for anything that wasn't shitty pop music. So <laughs> but, but the Crow soundtrack was your was your way in of being able to get Pantera on the jukebox because it's the badge. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Appetite of Destruction and then you've got Nevermind. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the yeah, Crow definitely. You've got some great tracks on that. Like I say, it starts off with Burn by The Cure, which is a great opener. Stone yeah. Temple Pilots, Pantera. Is on there, Rollins Band. Um, I mean, you've got Nine Inch Nails doing a Joy Division cover the same year that Therapy do, do a great Joy Division cover. Um, yeah, that, that's a great album. I mean, I, again, that was. We uh, haven't mentioned it. We haven't mentioned it. And was it, I don't know if it was any of your top 20s. And I almost put it in in the top 10, even though I'm not a big fan. But because I th- again, I just thought it, it needed to be mentioned. Uh, it's the original Corn album. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I yeah, I've never, I've never been, been my, a huge fan, but it, it would have been in my top ten a few years ago. But I've just moved on. But it, it is. I mean, the thing is, it, it, you know, I think British press didn't give it any time till the year after. But we cannot discount that album or what it did. We absolutely cannot. Um, well, I, I mean, if if if, if you guys are winning, I, I'm quite happy to conduct an experiment. And my 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 stance on new metal is well established. <laughs> but I would be willing, as an experiment to go and listen to the entire Corn Back catalogue because I think at the age of 42, I'm ready. <laughs> I think I'm ready to do it. I, I, I mean, okay, let me let me just let me just lay, lay out what I'm thinking. I live on a compound, I have nothing to do, even though my uh, my my course starts next week. Um, so you know, let's put the time to good use. So I was thinking. What 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 do I take on a band that I just really have an irrational dislike of? And I, again, Corn, I hated them at the time, and I, I've my opinion of them has softened over the years because I've just accepted the fact that out of that group of bands, they were probably the best, the most authentic, and the the band the, the band out of that group which are going to probably outlast everyone else in a, in terms of legacy. So, I mean, what do you reckon? I go away and listen to the, all of the combat catalogue and report back. Yeah, look, I tell you, I tell you what yeah. we'll do. I tell you what we'll do. We'll um, we'll, we'll pander to this, and we'll give we'll, we'll give you an entire episode. So we'll give you a few weeks to go back over the corn catalogue, combat catalogue, and we 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 will we will dissect your opinions album by album in a few weeks' time. Yeah, whether people um, want to listen to that or not is a, is another thing. But I think it. We we, we gotta we gotta keep 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 our fingers on. Just, yeah. just, just, just to round off, I would also also like to say that I've got another candidate for the closest that ever came to thrash. Oh, <laughs> so my, 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 my song for this week, the closest that she ever came to thrash, Belinda Carlisle, "Heaven Is a Place on Earth," which wasn't nineteen ninety four, but okay. One yeah. of the, that's one of my all-time favourite songs. So please explain to me how this comes anywhere near thrash metal. Now, now again, do I have to explain the concept? It's not that it's it's near thrash. It's the closest she came to thrash. 
You fight, you're incredible. You really are. So, uh, imagine, imagine Go back like, to Vietnam. Imagine that again. Listen, uh, let, let me just run through this. This, this actually, you know what? Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. She was the lead singer of the Go Go's, who were a new wave punk band. A lot closer to Thrash. That was a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, because no one's ever heard of the Go Go's. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> right? No one cares about the Go Go's. Heaven is a place on earth is an anthem. And there's a vibe to it where it's got that kind of raw power that you would find in Flash. Maybe not speed, but raw power. You know? So, like, imagine 10 is Thrash, right? That's that's Whiplash, that's Killing Is My Business, that's Bonded By Blood by Exodus, and Zero is the Spice Girls, right? She's, like, on a one, but she's still near. She's nearer to it. She's nine away from Thrash, Okay. That's so you, you, your your argument is is that Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth is closer to Thrash than the Spice Girls. Yes, that is your argument. No, it's not an argument. It's, it, this is a, this is a scale that I've devised. It's, it's quantifiable. Like, Con considering you're five months sober, you sound pissed. Yeah. yeah. Like, my, listen, and I've I tried to explain this to you before, and I'll do it again. Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson is four, four or five, yeah? Phantom of the Opera by Maiden is like eight, right? And I'm just trying to find other songs now that I can use as, you know, fuel for this fire. No, I'm, I'm putting this fire out. I've, I've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah, no. No, no, back to 1994. People, no. people have switched off and gone to something else yeah, now. So, yeah, you know. right. I'm going to, right, it's just a, just a handful more I want to mention. Yeah, I think for what it is, it is still a great album. I don't listen to it much, but it is good. And that is definitely maybe by, by, by Oasis. Okay, yeah. That, that, was, that was a great one. Grace by Jeff Buckley. Okay. Difficult listen. Um, again, it's, you know, acoustic and indie and haunting, but it's, yeah, very good for what it is. I I, I need to give a shout out to Monster by R.E.M. Um, I know they went a bit grunge on that album, but there's some absolute bangers on that, that album. So... Yeah, it, it deserves deserves more love, but I think people dismissed it because you know it wasn't uh, automatic for the people. Did did, um, did he ever find out from Kenneth what the frequency is? Because just kept asking the question. And... Funny enough, I did I did work with a bloke called Kenneth at one point, and I did ask him, but he didn't know. Ah, uh, okay. So I, I gave Hope he got sacked. Yeah. Usually. Well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, what else was there? Yeah, this was interesting. I didn't include this on the list, even though I do love this album, um, but because it was actually pretty much released right at the end of December. And that's 16 Stone by Bush. You know what? I, yeah, it, it was like the week yeah. before Christmas that was released, wasn't it? That yeah. was nearly on my list as well. But it's, it it's a 1995 album pretty much for those well, reasons. It's, but... it's, it's an album of a few great songs and then there is some filler on it. Uh, maybe. I, I think it's better than better than that, personally. Oh, that, that's, that's why it didn't make the list for me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, to end, I think we got to, we got to mention Jar of Flies by Alison Chains because we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we were. So it it looks like there's possibly something happening with it for its thirtieth anniversary. Maybe just a bit of a hint on social media. Because I fucking love that EP or mini album great. or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it is it's great. So hopefully there's there's a nice little vinyl reissue with a nice little package and maybe a little book or something like that. I'd, yeah, be all over that. It'd be nice. It, it, it's that we love the 90s anyway, but 
just looking back at that and we probably had what 22 23 albums 24 albums between the three of us and it's um yeah just classic after classic so it's uh I'll put I'll put a bit of a playlist together. I think all the least all of these is just an easy one to go back to. One for the you know one for the gym, one for a walk or something like that. It'd be uh, it'd be great fun. So uh, yeah, that was fun. Enjoyed that. Thanks, chaps. Yeah. Um, back again next week. Uh, we welcome back the uh, cultural advisor to the podcast, Gavin Evans, because uh, we're going to talk gaming. It's going to be a bit one for Padre and Gav that because me and yeah. Anne aren't exactly. Uh, <laughs> aren't exactly gamers, but it is surprisingly relevant. It really is. The, the little yeah. bit of research I've done, it's fucking, it's, it's mad how how the two things do go sort of hand in hand. So, um, it's not just the music. It's the, I mean, you're talking about the kind of demographic as well. Yeah, it and is. Many... Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a, sub, it's a subculture, isn't it? And, then, and again, there's, like, there's a lot of crossover between metal and gamers and then people that watch wrestling. <laughs> people that read comics you know it's a lot of well uh, this, this, this is why this is why we have a cultural advisor so you know yeah yeah it's yeah. got to be done so that's that's all next week we'll uh, we'll touch on that one so, thing though one one thing that i i need to do though for next week is on next week's episode remind me to check my air fryer because you don't want to make a chicken in the morning and then leave it in your air fryer all day and forget about it and i just remembered it and had to take it out i saw i disappeared earlier I don't know if it's even edible because in this fucking heat. Um, <laughs> and uh, on that note, we'll, we'll we'll end it there. Um, thanks for listening, as ever. Um, please remember to check your air fryer on a regular basis because you you can hear the risks. Uh, and otherwise, stay metal, and we'll see you next week. I live in an air fryer. <laughs>